Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where there is no offseason, and we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year, including Christmas, including New Year's, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on September 18th, 2017, from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. There is a pattern of things that you're going to see in the next bunch of episodes of the and the previous episodes of the Sully Baseball, where I'm talking long and hard as we're wrapping down the season. There's only about a couple of weeks left to go. And my desire for absolute anarchy in the playoff picture is starting to truly fade. Now, this is the last hope to do anything really interesting in the American League wildcard, at least in terms of the Yankees, because... We have the Minnesota Twins, and the Yankees are going to be playing a head-to-head matchup. It'd be a hell of a lot more interesting if they were closer than four games. If there was only two games separating the two, then you know a tw- Twins winning the series would mean only one game would separate, and you know anything could happen. Four games requires Minnesota to basically sweep the Yankees, and the Angels are two games back. And you know what? Two games is not a lot. But when you're taking a look at only two weeks left, you know it takes a lot to make up games when there are no head-to-head matchups between the teams. As I go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, I go to the Minnesota Twins uh, a schedule, and they have the three games against the Yankees, four games against Detroit, three games against... Cleveland, and they finish the season against Detroit at home. So they they don't face the Angels, and they have these three games against the Yankees, so they can make up ground head-to-head with the Yankees. But the fact of the matter is it's looking more and more like we see exactly what the playoff picture is going to be. It's barring unforeseen calamities. We've already seen the... The Indians clinched the division this weekend. We saw the Astros clinch the division this weekend, and good for them. Uh, That's not me being, you know, facetious. Good for them. They clinched the division. They got these games done. The Astros can line up their pitching staff exactly the way they want it. The Indians can line up exactly the way they want. If the Astros want to start Verlander game one and the Indians want to start, um, they want to start uh, uh, Kluber game one, then they can. The Dodgers clinch the playoff spot. They'll clinch the, the division in a few days if they want to start Kershaw game one. The Nationals want to start Scherzer game one. They can line everything up. That's the one thing that's aggravating as a Red Sox fan is that you clinch early so you can line everything up exactly the way you want it. And the longer it takes the Sox to clinch, the less likely they'll have Chris Sale going game one. Although the way Sale's been pitching, I don't know if that's even necessarily going to be a great thing. But I digress. It's looking more and more like, unless the Red Sox have a big flopperino, that the Sox are going to win their their division. The other two American League divisions are locked up. Um, and it looks like the Yankees, as much as it hates for me to say, unless they have an absolute nosedive in these final two weeks, it looks like they're going to be a playoff team. It'll be between the Angels and the Twins, 
But again, with that two-game difference and no head-to-head matchup, it's tough to make up two games in two weeks. I know that doesn't that sounds crazy, and it's not impossible, but it's like if one team goes, you know, five and five, and the other team goes six and four in a ten-game stretch, then one team's they've only made up one game over ten over ten days. It takes a lot. And so it looks like these last few weeks will be just a march to the inevitable. Now, there could have been, as I said in the podcast from last Friday, there could have been something truly wonderful going on in the Central had the St. Louis Cardinals swept the Chicago Cubs. If they swept the Cubs and if the Brewers won their game, so we could have had a wild race for the National League Central title. But, alas, we didn't. And not only did we not get a Cardinal sweep, we got, well, we got a Cardinal sweep, all right. It was just the other way. And the Cardinals, who were, everything was lining them, they were lining themselves up perfectly. They took two out of three, they, or they swept the, the, sorry, they swept the Pirates, they took two out of three from Cincinnati, and knew they had uh Seven games left with the Cubs. They had seven games left with the Chicago Cubs. And if they if they took four out of seven, if they won those games, they would be in an interesting position. If they swept one of the series, they could make a real run at being the division champion and catching everyone off guard, doing the old cardinal thing of winning when you least expect them to. But here's the thing. As I mentioned on the Friday podcast, the Cardinals had their ace going on Friday. They had the umpire making terrible calls against the Cubs. John Lackey gets thrown out of the game. Contreras, the catcher of the Cubs, gets thrown out of the game. Everything is lined up for that game one victory. Have the Cubs on their back heels, knowing that they are a very good chance to walk away with a win in this series, at the, at the very least. And they got blown out the rest of the game, 8-2. to two. Then they lost the second game, 4-1, to one, and then they lost yesterday, 4-3. to three. Couldn't get a win. They went from three out and saying, hey, we're three back with seven head-to-head games. It's possible to being six out, and everything has to fall into place for the Cardinals. They play the Reds. Starting tomorrow, then they play the Pirates, so they're playing lousy teams. But you know what? They don't deserve it. You have those head-to-head games. You don't deserve it, Cardinals. At least the Brewers won a couple of games along the way and are are still in the wildcard hunt. But the Cubs have put their half-thrusters on. And now we take a look at the the, uh, St. Louis... There's six games out. Six games out with about two games to play. Even with the four games head-to-head with the Cubs, it's almost impossible to make that up. The Cubs would have to have a phenomenal faceplant, and they don't look like they're about to do that. They're still the defending world champions. And with everyone, including your pal Sully, dancing around saying, will it be the Dodgers? And by the way, I think the Dodgers are just fine. Thank you very much. If they go 500 the rest of the way, they'll still be a 100-win team with the best record in baseball. Everyone can stop panicking. And the Nationals look very, very good. 
you know, going into the postseason. But these are still the Cubs, and the Cubs had a crap first half of the season. I thought they should have been sellers at one point, and now they are going to win the division, save for a face plant, which we all know is not going to happen, and they're going to be walking into the postseason with a little bit of swagger saying, hey, look at we're we don't have the spotlight on us the way we had last year and could catch the people off guard. You know, the way the Cardinals used to. The way the Cardinals, when they would win the World Series in 06 and 2011, when everyone's eyes were elsewhere, they were looking at the Mets in 2006, they were looking at the Philadelphia Phillies in 2011, and then the Cardinals caught both of those teams with their pants down, and they wound up dancing winning the World Championship. And now the Cardinals are just basically another team on the outside looking in. Trailing the Diamondbacks, trailing the Rockies, now trailing the Brewers. And I mean, switch place with the Cubs. Now, some people have pointed, there was an article that um, had been going around saying that at one point uh, during a series in 2015, when a bunch of Cardinals were, you know, threw at some Cub players and the Cub, you know, Joe Madden gave this big stirring speech and the Cub pitchers threw at the Cardinals I, I'm, and said, oh, that's the moment the, the rivalry turned around. I don't care about throwing at batters. I don't know what that means psychologically. But it certainly turned around in that year's postseason, in 2015. When the Cardinals won game one of the division series, it looked like it's more of the same, and then the Cubs went on to win the next three. And from that moment, the balance of power in the NL Central went from the Cardinals to the Cubs, as the Cubs went to the NLCS last that year, they won the World Series the next year. They're going to win the division this year. And the Cardinals are a team that are blowing the big head-to-head games. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? Well, how have they fared against the Cubs this year? They've played the Cubs 15 times and lost 11 of those games. They are... 4 and 11. Throw in going 7 and 9 against the Brewers, and then you see against the main competition in the NL Central, they are a combined, what was it, a combined 11 and 20 against the Cubs and against Milwaukee. And there, there you go. There's the division for you. If they had played 500 ball against them, they would be right on top of the division right now. You know, they beat the snot out of the Pirates this year. You know, they play well against some other teams. They'll beat up on Miami. They'll beat up on Atlanta. But you face the Cubs and you face the Brewers, and you lose all those games. All those games. And now you have the St. Louis Cardinals one of the, the flagship franchises of the league. An important team. Sully, aren't all the teams important? Shut up, voice in my head. There are certain teams, as in teams in basketball, or some teams in football, or teams in college football, that you want to have be good. In baseball, it's also important that some of these teams be good. Do you know why? Because they have fans that travel. They have fans that moved. 
Yankee fans, Met fans, Phillies fans, Red Sox fans. There are a lot of transplanted fans across this nation of those teams, and those people continue to root for those teams. There are a tremendous number of Cub fans in the deserts of Arizona and New Mexico. There are a huge number of Yankee and huge number of Met fans currently living in South Florida. I was just in Santa Monica yesterday, and I walked around, bumped into six or seven people with Red Sox hats. I'm a Red Sox fan. I live in California. It's for people like me. It's for people like me that it's important for some of these teams to be good because you maintain the interest in the World Series and the playoffs because baseball is a local sport in so many ways. I'm here in Los Angeles County right now. I'm right down the 101, not the 101, sorry, the 110 from Dodger Stadium right now. There's tremendous interest in the Dodgers right now. The nanosecond the Dodgers get eliminated, if they don't make it to the World Series, interest in baseball in Los Angeles will fall off the proverbial cliff. The last few years I've been up in the Bay Area for the postseason. I was there for a couple of Giants World Series, and the place was electric. It was vibrating. When it was Mets Royals, shrug, shrug. Last year you had the Cubs. Cubs have fans all across the country. You also had the Indians. Not quite the same level as the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Cubs, but there are a lot of transplanted Ohioans all across this country. There was interest in it around the globe. Interest all across the United States. The Cardinals are one of those fan bases. Cardinals have fans because they're a regional team. They're states that border Missouri that they all grew up on St. Louis. And they're people who are old-timers who grew up with the Cardinals because they were the furthest team out west and all that. It's a diehard baseball city with lots of transplanted fans. You bump into Cardinal fans here. I grew up in Missouri. I grew up in Iowa. Wherever you grew up where you rooted for your team. A lot of Iowa Cub fans. A lot of Iowa Cardinal fans, a lot of Cardinal fans from Arkansas, all this different stuff goes around and they stay with their team because they love them. So that's kind of important for baseball to at least have these teams contending or make it into the postseason. And the Cardinals, who, they're not a great team, but they're a solid team. They're a solid team with a lot of good players and a tremendous farm system that has all sorts of, of, you know, gets all sorts of replacements coming up through their farm system. When you look up, you say, oh, and we lost this player, we lost that player, and in comes a Tommy Pham. In comes, comes a Steven Piscotti. In comes a Jose uh, uh, Martinez. You know, here, here is Colton Wong hitting again. Here is, you know, Matt Carpenter hitting home runs. Here is uh, Paul... I mean, I don't even is it Paul DeJong? DeJong? I don't even remember how to pronounce his name. But he comes up and, yep, they doesn't miss a beat. That's the way the Cardinals are. And yet here we are. They're always filled with talent. They're always filled with good players. You know, getting a solid year out of Carlos Martinez. You're getting a good year out of Lance Lynn. Michael Walker has, you know, had his ups, has had his downs, but has been good. You know, you have Luke Weaver coming in, young kid, pitching like crazy. 
you know, you hand the ball over. Their bullpen has some good pitchers, have some not good pitchers. But there you go. They have some. There's always depth in that Cardinal team. And here we go. You said, oh, they're not going to be able to overtake the Rockies. They're not going to be able to overtake the Brewers. They're 77 and 72. If you look at their Pythagorean win-loss record, based upon runs scored and runs allowed, they should have a better record than that. They should be an 82-win team right now. GM is providing players, farm directors, fertile farm system. I think you know where I'm going here. There are several managers out there who should not be managing a major league team. They've been given a shot. Terry Collins is the obvious one. Brad Ausmus is another obvious one. I think uh, Price in Cincinnati is another obvious one. And now we have Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny has been the manager since 2012. 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. This is year six of the Mike Matheny as manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Has he had some success? Well, he got the team to the World Series in 2013. They were a 100-win team in 2015. They missed the playoffs by a single game last year. They could have been back in the playoffs then. But let's get back to that for a second. From that moment that the Cubs overtook the Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals missed the postseason last year. They could have been a wildcard team. The Cubs were clearly going to win the division last year. They were the better team, but... Remember the two teams that won the wild card last year? They lost at the final day of the season a chance to be one of the two wild card teams. There were the Mets, who could not put a healthy pitcher on the mound. They just were absolutely tied together by yarn and tape by the time they showed up at the end of the year. And the Giants, who had a cataclysmic second half... They went from having the best record in baseball the first half of the season to they couldn't win a game the second half of the season. You had two franchises that stumbled and rumbled and bumbled to the end, and the Cardinals couldn't overtake them. They had injuries. Everyone has injuries. And not everyone has the fertile farm system of St. Louis. And let's go into a couple other things. His reliant, Matheny's reliance on, he never knows what to do with a closer situation. Always relies on guys when everyone in the world says, God, doesn't guy have a 7 ERA? Why the hell is he closing? Cost the, the team a chance to, to advance by bringing Michael Waka in when he had pitched like one game all year with a pennant on the line in 2014. They should have beaten the Giants in 2014. I was rooting for the Giants. You know, they shouldn't have lost, you know, to, uh, he kept putting Ortiz on. He kept making strange decisions in the 2013 World Series. Talk to Cardinal fans what they think about him as a tactician, as a strategy manager. They're probably not going to say kind things to him. And yes, he had great success when he first arrived. The team, you know, gets to be one of the wildcard teams in 2012 and gets all the way to the League Championship Series winning the pennant in 2013, all this is fine, but he inherited a team that were the world champions in 20, 
11, and were one of the best teams in baseball in 2009. He inherited a tremendous team. Grady Little nearly got the Red Sox to the World Series. I mean, my goodness. Bob Brenly won a world championship as a manager. You know, when you inherit a good team, you almost have to wait a few years before you start to see the quality of the manager as it is. And here we are. We are now in year six. And we're seeing in 2015, the guard was changed from St. Louis to Chicago. And we're now in a world where the Cubs are the world champions. The Cubs are the team that have swagger. The Cubs are the team that you look at and go, they're the team that's going to win. And the Cardinals are an also-ran who can't sneak into the playoffs when the Mets and the Giants are doing everything except putting on a welcome mat. And this year, you look up and you say, okay, they can't beat the Brewers or the cart or the uh, or Chicago head to head, and they can't catch the Rockies. And this is not a besmirching the Rockies, but the Rockies don't have the organization or the farm system or the swagger or the fan base or all the stuff that St. Louis has that was handed to Mike Matheny, a man with no previous managerial experience, coaching experience on any level, and now he's clashing with Yadier Molina most beloved member on the team. I think it's clear. Six years. Six years, and we're seeing the effects of what La Russa had have gone away. And now we're seeing what kind of manager he is, and it's not great. To quote Pete and Mad Men, not great, Bob! So we're looking at the Cardinals, and this is, again, six years. Six years as manager. We see what kind of manager he is. If he's not a great tactician, and he's not a great juggler of talent, and he's not someone who can have his team put his nose to the grindstone and win the big games, then what the hell is he? He shouldn't be a major league manager. Now, I did a whole podcast this weekend about managerial candidates who should be considered and don't appear to be considered, and I don't understand why. I'll bring up the name again of Dave Martinez. Think about that. Take Dave Martinez away from the Cubs, they may not give him permission to talk to the Cardinals. But when you have important franchises, important franchises in terms of the growth and in terms of the the effects of the game, like the Cardinals and like the Mets and like the Tigers, are floundering with these managers that just shouldn't be there. I mean, why the hell is Mike Matheny the manager of the Cardinals for six years? I can I mean, again, the first few years, all right, he inherited the Larusa team. Can he keep him around the same spot and? Got him back to the league championship series the first uh, three years of his tenure. Got him into one World Series. Boom. Then you get three more years, and that gives you a sense of who he is. And Cardinal fans, you may not like what you see, and neither do I. I'm not a Cardinal fan. I'm really not. I have not. I mean, look at Cardinal fans out there are great. 
and and I love the tradition and everything. I respect for it. I'm not a fan of your team. Never have been. Was it a fan for when when Whitey Herzog was there? Wasn't a fan with him when Larusa was there, and I haven't been a fan with him with uh, Matheny. I don't hate the Cardinals, just not a fan. Kind of like it when they take him down a peg. But do you know what? That's also important. That's also important as much as anything. Bad guys. People to root against. That's why it's always important to have the Red Sox, and I'll say it, the, the, the Yankees be positive. Do you know why? Because so many people hate the Red Sox. So many people hate the Yankees. People watch for hate as much as love. A lot of people hate the Cardinals. It's important. Are you going to really root against the Rockies? Oh, do you know who I hate? I hate the Nationals. I hate the Indians. You don't hate those teams. The villains of this year's postseason are going to be the Red Sox and the Yankees. People will root actively against them. If it's the Minnesota Twins and the Yankees in the wild card game, people are going to be going bananas to see the Yankees get beaten. Here I am, diehard Mr. Red Sox fan. I know damn well, as it's lining up right now, Houston versus Boston. Gee whiz, who are people going to root for? Are they going to root for the mean old Red Sox who have won a bunch of championships recently? With big, huge payroll, got to root for the Astros, who were one of the worst teams in baseball just a few years ago, playing for a team that has been ravaged by a hurricane. Or playing for a city that's been ravaged by a hurricane. Gee whiz, I wonder if the whole country's going to be rooting for Houston or not. Of course they will be. Of course they will be. And people root against the Cardinals. And you have a guy at control of the helm who, look at you may not say he's the reason they're missing the postseason. I'll, 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 I'll grant you that. But you got to grant me this. He's not helping. He doesn't help matters. You have someone there who is, best case scenario, a non-factor. And maybe worst case scenario, a, a negative factor. But it's certainly not a positive one. And we're going to have two more years with no St. Louis in the postseason. Despite having the window and door wide open for him. Mike Matheny is a manager in the major leagues. Dave Martinez is not. That makes a grand total of zero sense. So, I'd say this. The minute he they get a limit, or do you what? Maybe just sort of give him the. I mean, I'm not a big believer in give him to the end of the year. If you were going to get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him now. But they're probably not going to do it now with a couple of weeks left. So, get rid of him. I would put Okendo in there. Or you're going to get a Cardinal guy in there. One out of a guy with decades of Cardinal experience. Or make an offer for Dave Martinez. But it can't be Matheny anymore. It just can't be. He's shown he's not the man for the job. I could say it's not nice to call for someone to lose their job, but do you know what? It's not like he hasn't had a chance. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. 
calling for the heads of managers and smiling in the process. This has been Sully Baseball for the 18th day of September 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.